listening to Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, topics you'd like discussed on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. That's rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. You can also search for us on Acast, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just look for Speaking with One Voice. Now, here's your host, Rodney Payne. Thank you for joining us this week. We're going to continue our conversation from last week with Chris Robinson. We're going to jump back into this conversation. I want you to enjoy this. Thank you so much for liking, rating, and subscribing to this podcast. Here we go. Let's get back to Chris. And and, and just in all transparency, I'm a man of faith, so uh, sometimes my faith runs over into this because it, it shapes who I am. When I hear that, I, I think about how hard leaders fight to suppress who they really are because of the lack of security or fear. Because yeah. to go where you haven't seen anybody go before, there's a certain amount of fear. But at the yeah. same time, I also find a certain amount of motivation. If we don't go to work, we don't eat. So at some point, you, when you're hungry, you work harder. I don't know what it is, but you find a way to get it done. That is an amazing story. So when you start your coaching business, yeah. um, and no one knows you. Um, okay. And if you don't mind the audience knowing, how, how old were you at this time? Oh, goodness. Uh, so that would have put me at 30. 30. 30. So at 30, well, well, by that time, you've got the whole world figured out. Your wisdom is full. Uh, every, you know everything about everything. You, you, it, so you can navigate life without any problem or resistance at all. So here you are, 30 years old, giving up the Hummer, the, the, the BMW, the house, the job, the security. And now you've got children who are going to grow up with a college fund. Now they're growing up and they're not going to be able to go to college. They're going to go, they're going to do what they can to make it through trade school because their daddy gave everything up. Right. And now you go and start your own business. But, what, what, what does that look like? Right. Well, it's, so this is hilarious. So what you say is um, knowing everything, there's a little bit of screw loose. All right. So here's what happened. All right. So I, I know that in order to be a coach, I, I wanted to hire a coach. And so, you know, I was working on speaking through Toastmasters, things that, like that throughout this entire process. So that was inside of me and that was there. And so I was like, okay, well, I need to hire a coach in order for me to do this. So I go to my church directory and I see that there's a coach, you know, that goes to my church. And so uh, they were in the church directory. So I hired that coach. I sat down with that coach. You know, that coach asked me questions. We went back and forth and I paid that coach. And I said, well, if I paid them, somebody in America will pay me. (laughs) (laughs) If I paid them, there's somebody somewhere that will pay me. That is somebody, someone will pay me. And and, and, a week later, a week later, I got a website up. I'm coaching. (laughs) Based on what? You're 30. What have you experienced? And what have you gone through? Listen, I want you to know, I spent, 25 years in corporate America before I really started my coaching business. And here you, you're 30, you're 30 years old. And so, okay, so now you're a coach and you're building business. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, cause because of what I had experienced those first from age 23 to 30, you know, again, being a part of that organization with that tremendous growth, there was uh, it, getting exposed to that type of income, to those type of opportunities that early. I mean, by age 23, I was making a high six-figure income, you know, selling on the phone. 
And so there was this false belief that was built up in my head that I had greater capabilities than I'd had. Um, based upon, you know, any room that I walk in, chances are I'm one of the highest paid people in the room, you know, just based on the simple mathematics of, of you know, where we're at in America with income levels. And so there was a confidence there uh, from that that made me believe falsely, <laughs> you know, coming out of my bubble that I was in that, you know, hey, I've, I've got something to add to the room. I've got something to add to the room. So, so listen, when you say that, what I hear is um, I, I'm a word guy. So I, I heard that you had a false positive. Your yeah. success became a false positive for your capacity. You, okay. you thought you were smart enough because you made enough when, when really you had a system that facilitated that if you'll just work hard enough, the, the system will work and pay That's you. Right. But, but that doesn't mean that you're super intelligent or super talented yeah. or super anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not there. It just, it means that it, it, it's under, I call it underdeveloped or undeveloped. And we don't know that. So here you are making moves and making decisions based on the fact that I have the most money in the room. So that means I'm the best in the room. And if I'm the best in the room, I'm going to be the best in that room or, in, or the best in that room. And so, uh, that that's where John's book always comes to mind. I quoted, I, I even quoted it on this week's podcast. Uh, talent is never enough. When you're that's when you're right. talented, you can believe some things. But I one of the things that I always say to uh, our, our listeners here is is that don't abuse your strength zone or your natural giftedness. Yep. And to abuse it, to abnormally use it, means you don't prepare, you don't take care of it, you don't invest it, and you don't grow it. Yeah. So if you don't grow it, you'll find yourself thinking on a yep. false positive that you're better than you are when you can become what you see, but honesty says I'm not there yet. Yeah. And I think a lot of people make that mistake of thinking that their skill set or their income based off of something else, there's a hundred percent transfer to another industry or another occupation. And it just doesn't transfer 100%. And I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know and, that. and good never becomes great organically. Correct. <laughs> good. Good never becomes great. Good doesn't just grow into great. It does not happen. You, you there must be intentionality in that process. Again, you're listening to Speaking with One Voice. I'm your host, Rodney Payne, the coach. I've got my coach, Chris Robinson, here, and we are having a wonderful time uh, celebrating. There's so much I want to get into. We're pausing on the development of the business because there's something that I have learned. Uh, I've learned it through the years, but you have reinforced it more than anyone I know. Um, and I want you to talk about this. Um, I want to talk about reading. I want to talk about books. I want to talk about library. I, I, and the reason I want to do this is because uh, we've had some recent opportunities to view uh, your library or then a, a space where your library once lived and then the new home your library has found. So I, I want you to see if you can do a couple things for me. Uh, we'll talk about the significance in a minute, but let's just put this in perspective. How many books do you think you have in your library? Because you can't know. No, no, it's over a thousand. Over um, a thousand. Yeah, over it, a thousand that I've read. Yeah. So that means that you're that. No, I'm sorry, I didn't say how many of you. I said having your bookshelf. You're saying you want me to believe you've read a thousand books, like read them? No, yes, I have. A thousand <laughs> books. Are, are we talking about cumulatively through from you know from kindergarten through high school and life, or, or are we talking about last decade? Yeah. That's a hundred books a year off the top of my head. I don't do very good math, but that's. <laughs> Do you, do you do realize there's only 52 weeks in a year? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> okay, so are these like uh, picture books or, 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 or I mean, there's a couple in there. There's a couple picture books. So, so how do you, 
first of all, let, let's, how do you prioritize reading and, and why do you value it so much? Let's start there. Okay, yeah. Well, first of all, how I prioritize reading is, is the way I believe everybody should do it. You should only read in two areas, either based on your problems that you're trying to solve or your passion. See, when your mind, when your, your mind will go through a book faster, you'll be more interested and get through it faster if it's based on something that's actually going to help you. So many listeners are probably, you know, at the point they're asking a great question of, hey, they see a successful person, they're going to ask them, well, hey, wh what have you read that I should read? Or what's the best book that you've read? And I started out that way. And I would read books that are great books, but they were irrelevant to where I was at in life. And it would take me forever to get through these books because there wasn't any relevance. It wasn't solving any of my problems or it was not in my passion. So I say I always focus on those two areas. And it allows for me to get through a book. I mean, uh, I read two books yesterday on planes. Um, and so <laughs> so let me, I'll give you the shift here too. And then the other question that I shifted from is I stopped asking people what they were reading, but I began to ask people how they read. And that was a game changer for me because that's when I learned the methods of speed reading, of photo scanning, of note taking, um, of gutting books. And so um, I developed a strategy, a reading model uh, that allowed for me to accelerate through books. But the importance of it started for me uh, over a decade ago. I would say it was around 2005. I was watching, uh, I was at T.D. Jake's very first mega fest and Dr. Dennis Kimbrough was speaking. Uh, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough wrote uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich from the African-American perspective. I was seeing him speak for the first time and he was talking about interviewing all these millionaires. And he had said that, you know, he would go into each one of these millionaires homes and he walked into one millionaire's home and he, he saw him gawking at his stuff. And the, and the millionaire asked me, he says, do you like what I have? And, you know, Dr. Kimbrough said, well, yeah, I do. He says, well, if you like what I have, you have to outread me if you want what I have. And I thought, wow, that's solid. And then Dr. Dennis Kimbrough said this. He goes, what I realized when I was interviewing all of these millionaires, he said, the larger the house, the larger the library, the smaller the house, the bigger the TV. Now, <laughs> wow. At, now I, that, this is what I call my TV Respected. turnaround. My TV turnaround was at this moment because at that moment, I had an 800 square foot apartment. I had a 52 inch widescreen TV and there was not a book to be found. <laughs> I had a problem. <laughs> so, so your bank account probably reflected that, right? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so the key is in, in reading to solve your problems or to feed your passions. Yeah. I, I think that's wonderful. And I, and I mean, now I haven't read uh, two books in, in, in on the plane yesterday, but I, I have read about four books in the last 45 days. Yeah, and, and I've added that into my life. But when I watch you and, and look at that and see that library and, and the capacity and then the techniques, you're a very, uh, a systemic person you you have systems flows um and i watch how you teach and and, and your recall i also uh, i admire your organizational skills because i that is not where i am i'm one of those talented people who is creative and and organization is just necessary because i don't have all day to look for it i'm too busy to look for it so i have to put it where i can find it but it's not my thing but when we look at this reading i think that the key here is is that when you say solve your problems i i think that many leaders 
um, surrender to the model that some problems in their life are beyond solving problem, that you can't solve them. And Carly Fiorina, she came to uh, IMC with us and she spoke there. And while she was there speaking, she kept saying, leaders solve problems. That's correct. So if you can't, and, and John always says this, uh, the most, my most difficult leadership challenge is me. If I can lead me, everything else kind of works out, right? And so I think about the correlation between solving problems and reading books to solve problems. Yeah, I, I, I am a guy who, who uh, mo most of my audience knows I preach, I teach, I write. And so a lot of times I'm always reading for research. Right. Yep. But this year, the shifting has been I've, be I've started to read more for feeding. Right. And so now I'm very passionate about I, I can't get enough information in me. And, and what's happened is my, 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 my well has filled up. So my speaking is better. My leading is better because of the intel, but I'm listening and listening to and reading things that, that truly make a difference uh, in my life. So if, if you were going to give somebody a short list, let's say uh, we want to get started reading. I'm a leader. I'm an emerging entrepreneur and emerging leader, which a lot of our audience is. And I want to, I want to get to next level kind of thing where would you start them? Where would you say, read, give me two or three books that you think are must read books. Yeah. Well, there's five, there's five, five. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's five. Um, and, uh, and these are five that are on my list that I actually reread each year. Uh, the first one is the uh, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John Maxwell. Uh, you know, I've, I've taught leadership and been doing leadership courses for the last decade and I've read so many different leadership books and in every leadership book it always points back to the 21 laws I can go oh that's that law oh that's that law it's got three of the laws it's got four of the laws but they all go back to the 21 laws and so that book I think is foundational for any leader that's trying to grow the next one would be the 15 laws of growth uh, and that one is really an individual growth book and it's a great one because it, it allows for you to really kind of map out a game plan of, of you know, personal growth and development. Uh, the next book is 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn and uh, it's just a great fable uh, of a person that is on a personal growth journey and it's one of my favorite books. I love it. Uh, it's an easy read. It's in a story format and it's just great to get through. Uh, the next one will be The Greatest Salesman in the World. Again, another fable book uh, by Og Mandino, and it's a great, great story about a young man that wants to become the greatest salesman in the world. And then uh, the last one that I would say uh, is one of the personal growth, um, you know, foundational books is Think and Grow Rich. Uh, you know, that was the first whole book that I ever read. Uh, <laughs> I was 19 years old. I was a, um, uh, a salesperson uh, selling perfume and cologne on the street. Uh, so each morning we'd come inside the office, we'd get a box of cologne, we'd go out, we'd sell on the street. But every morning they would have you read a chapter out loud of Think and Grow Rich. And for six months, every single day, we were reading a chapter or a, a piece of Think and Grow Rich every single morning before we went out. That was one of the best and worst times of my life, but the first book that I had ever read in its entirety. Wow. So of the five, I want to restate them for our audience so that you can make sure you get them. The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, the 15 Laws of Growth, both by John Maxwell, uh, 12 Pillars by Jim Rohn, uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino, 
and uh, Think and Grow Rich. Listen, when I tell you uh, in my personal library, obviously the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership is where I started. And, and just a quick story to kind of give you a backstory. Uh, I started pastoring in 2009. Um, I joined John Maxwell in 2018. In 2008, I began a leadership series. I went and bought the kit yep. of the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership with, yep. with the DVDs. Yep. And, and my team would watch John teach for 15 minutes. We'd answer the questions. And then I would translate each law into relevance in our community. Right, I yeah. did that with developing a leader within you. I did that um, with uh, indispensable qualities of a leader. These uh, are yeah. books that I did. So when I look at this book um, and, and one of the things that I did, because you were 30, I, I mean, I, I had a very successful career in sales. So our, our paths do mirror, oh, but yeah. here I am at church and I'm saying, okay, um, I'm, I'm green. I'm, I've been an assistant pastor, been in ministry, but here I am, I'm leading. And I say, okay, guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to anonymously rate me as a leader. Right. <laughs> I, it, so so they, they take these little pieces of paper and they all write them down and, and they write down a number between one and 10. They write these numbers down and I write a number down myself. I write this number down myself. And so Chris, we, they, they collect all the numbers and uh, my, 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 my assistant, she takes and she calculates and tallies and then does the divisor. And so you get the average, right? <laughs> and so when I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, there's a 10. I'm yeah. thinking, you don't know how to tell the truth. And you're in church <laughs> leadership. You can't know. Then, but then I got a two. I, well, well, I'm not that bad. There's got to be somewhere between here that's right. And, and so I had written down on my paper before it all started, the number seven. Right. Sure. Uh, and the number seven, I'm going to tell you how I got there. Uh, when they calculated, I had over 30 leaders in the room. The collective average was 6.9. Right. So I was right on target. Right. How yeah. I arrived at the number seven was law number one. Right. The law of the lid. Yep. And John <laughs> says, you, if you're a leader, that's great, but you only got about two you can move up. So right. I figure I'm never going to reach 10. Right, but sure. I know I'm better than, than five. So I'm probably a six, seven. And if I'm grading, I'm always going to grade in my favor on the curve. So I gave myself a seven <laughs> with the goals of growing up. But that's how impactful just yeah. that particular law is. I, I believe that as a leader, and we'll, we'll go to 15 invaluable laws, to know yourself, to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Yeah. If you're not honest in the assessing of who you are, you can never get better. And I, and I think that's kind of what you explained to us earlier. I thought I had it all figured out. I had the money, had the cars, had the wife, had the kids, had everything, uh, except the knowledge to do what I needed to do at the next level. I had to go learn some things. Oh, listen, I am having a great time. Listen, this is Rodney Payne speaking with one voice. I am your coach, and I have Chris Robinson, my coach, in the room. Chris, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, this has been an amazing time for me. Um, I'm humbled and honored. Uh, the last thing I'd really like to do is, is I want uh, – to convey to the audience, it, it, those who are John Maxwell team members know who you are and know what you do. Um, I want the world to know who you are and what you do um, from just briefly from your personal coaching business and leadership business to, to what you literally do for the John Maxwell team. Because it's not like you're just, I'm just a, I'm just a regular certified guy. You're not, I, you're not what I am in this thing. So can you help us just give me a little bit in, in insight into R3 coaching and, and is that still going? Are you doing that today? And yes. then this mega world you're in now? 
Yeah, so R3 Coach is still going. So uh, just like you, I speak, I coach, I train, and uh, I help uh, lead leaders all around the world. Uh, with the John Maxwell team, you know, I've taken over as the executive vice president of the John Maxwell team. Uh, the organization was purchased by Mark Cole, who is the president of all of John Maxwell companies now, and I am the lead person for John Maxwell team. Now, what that means is that, uh, you know, I lead a sales team of 25 um, program advisors. We have a staff of another 20 that I lead as well too. Uh, oversee marketing, oversee sales, oversee customer service. <laughs> you know, so now uh, we're doing it all. You know, we have a uh, annually. Uh, event that we do twice per year uh, that we're in charge of now. And so um, helping put together John's, uh, you know, outcomes for John's new book that's coming out, uh, getting ready to be in studio with uh, some big name people coming up here real soon. I can't release. Oh, names. come on, come on. You know, you're teasing me. I get, give me, give me get just a little bit. Oh, no, come on. I, 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 you know, I look so forward to those. Yeah, but it's, get. it's a whole nother level. You, these are, these are household names. We're going to be in studio with. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's great to be at this level hanging with John and um, really opening up doors that I couldn't open on my own and to be in rooms where I'm in over my head again, you know, it's like I've, I'm starting all over again. Again, as many people see, well, hey, you've arrived. I honestly, I see this again as a starting point and that I'm just getting started and I've got to relearn and regrow all over again. It's exciting. Well, <laughs> I, I think it's amazing. So, so you, directly, you've got 45 direct reports, it sounds like. Sure. Um, and, and, and for you, you can't know this. Just for the record, can, can I, if I'm not a member of the John Maxwell team and I want to become one, is yeah. that possible? I am one, but I'm asking you, for our listeners, if they want to do this, one, <laughs> why would they do it? And two, how can they do it? Yeah, so um, why you should do it. Number one, John Maxwell team, if you're looking to enhance yourself as an individual, meaning that you want to improve your communication skills, you want to improve your coaching skills, maybe get promoted on your job, we have the tools and resources to help you do that. If you want to start a business as a coach, speaker, and trainer, uh, we have the tools in order for you to do that as well, too. So if you're trying to grow in that space and you feel that calling or that prompting that, hey, I want to impact people's lives, we're an organization that can lock arms with you and get you around like-minded people to help you grow. Uh, if you want to do that, be sure to reach out to Rodney, and um, he can actually get you submitted uh, to one of our program uh, advisors, and uh, make sure you get your info over to him. He'll get you in contact with one of our program advisors, and they will get you started, but you definitely want to look into it. Uh, if people ask me, hey, what's one thing that's made a tremendous impact on helping you get where you are today? It's the John Maxwell team. Well, I, I'm so excited. I'll, I'll tell you, one of the questions that I had in coming on to the team and I'm just sharing this with you and, and, and it may help our, our listeners. My question was, how do I build my brand while pushing John's brand? Yeah. That's when you, you, when you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yep. Um, if you're starting, you don't, you're not pushing John's brand. You're using John's right. brand. You're, 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 you're leveraging John's brand. Right. So, so he gives you the reason that I went to John's material at becoming a new pastor was because John had credibility that I did not yet have. And wherever you go, uh, wh whether we're, we're hosting a national event or whatever we're doing, John Maxwell is known. And, and so by becoming a member of the team, now I am licensed in this area and I can share this content and I can teach this content. 
And I promise you, I am really, really proud of myself and my abilities and all of that stuff. But I am no John Maxwell as it relates to content, book after book, resource after resource. And we get fed this. And, and one thing I want to say, Chris, is that as you've taken on this new responsibility, the one thing I see you're doing is you're still doing your weekly calls to feed us directly. You, okay. You're at the top of the heap, so to speak, but you still give yourself direct to, to us in access. How do you balance that? Yeah, you just do it. It's, it's what I do. <laughs> it's what I do. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I want to thank you, Chris Robinson, for joining me today on Speaking with One Voice. Uh, I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. I know there's so much here. We're going to have to have Chris come back when we hit 100 episodes or something special. Uh, but you have uh, just know that uh, as my coach, um, you help me. And not only do you help me, you help those who I coach, who I lead. And so whenever you see some successful things, one of the biggest uh, compliments I received, I received it of late, and it really touched me. And it basically said that, that someone came to me and inquired about me being their coach because they spoke to one of my clients. But in speaking to my client, my client didn't refer them. They said to, they, they just sound like you. You have a sound and I heard your voice in them. And I want you to know that what you say to me, my clients get to hear your voice in me as well. So sir, much appreciation for what you do and keep adding value. Uh, and we're just excited about it. And so um, you have any final words for our audience before we go? Congratulations on 50 episodes. Congratulations on 30 years. I appreciate you and your best days are ahead of you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Listen, thank you all for joining. This is Rodney Payne, the coach, your host on Speaking With One Voice. Listen, we're here every week. We, do, we add value to you every single week. So come back uh, and share this, like this, subscribe and rate, and then follow us on social media at Rodney R. Payne. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day and be intentional in your personal growth. Wow. What an amazing time I had sharing with Chris Robinson. I want to say thank you so much, Chris, for joining us and being a part of the Speaking With One Voice podcast. You are amazing. What great leadership nuggets, family inspiration, faith, motivation, you name it, we got it all right here. I would suggest you go back and listen to episode 50 and 51 again and again and again and apply those tools that we've learned. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking With One Voice. Thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing, and rating. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Speaking With One Voice. Please remember to follow Rodney Payne on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rodney R. Payne. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback, so please feel free to leave us comments. And if you would, rate and subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate that as well. Don't forget to set up for notifications so you can get the latest updates and social media posts and get new podcasts when they're released. As always, use the hashtag speaking with one voice or simply SWOV on any of your social media posts. On behalf of Rodney Payne, thanks again for listening to Speaking with One Voice.